there will be events that we'll do and we'll do activities and we'll look at each other and we'll be in that magic moment and you can just see the magic that's happening around you and we're like oh man we're doing it like it's actually <laughs> happening and it feels good and it's just magical outside and so that's what we aim for every week in that magic moment sweet spot of kids just with unstructured outdoor play that are learning at the same time while they're forging friendships that's madeline along with her business partner amber they were two homeschooling moms looking for a community to walk alongside them and their kids' zeal for nature while navigating homeschooling, parenting, and life. That's when Barefoot University was born. Barefoot University follows the four school principles for child-led outdoor exploration, risk play, and nature-based skills. Along with these principles, Madeline and Amber aim to create strong communities of families who enjoy meeting together weekly, organize activities by focusing on yearly learning rhythms, and teach kids the importance of serving through community service projects. So grab a seat by the fire as we travel to Dallas-Fort Worth area and discuss how the magic happens when kids are outdoors in nature. But before we begin, I have an exciting announcement to share. After producing our podcast for a couple years now and seeing our personal struggles with getting started in homeschooling as well as finding the right rhythm over the years, we are now offering homeschool consulting services. This one-on-one -on -one service is not only for the new homeschooling parent, but really for anyone, no matter where they are on their journey. Our hope is to decrease the amount of time you have to spend researching, to decrease overwhelm, and in turn help you jump into your homeschooling journey with excitement and confidence. Click the link in the show notes for more info and to find the right package that works for you. And now, back to the campfire. All right, so we'd like to welcome Amber and Madeline from Barefoot University. How are you guys doing? Hi, we're great. We're good. Good. So we always, excuse me, we always start off with an introduction. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourselves and what it is that you do. You go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Um, okay, so we started Barefoot University um, kind of by accident, really. I think that I made a post somewhere and me and Madeline had never even met whenever we started this. And I just wanted somebody to raise their kids with me. I was looking for community in homeschooling and I liked the outdoors and she did too. And I was just like, hey, does anybody want to start forest school? And she said she did. So we met up and started forest school and it exploded and we don't know what we're doing half the time or how it happened. But, but we're doing it anyway. We're doing it anyway. <laughs> And Amber, um, how many kids do you have? What are their ages? And how long have you been homeschooling? Okay, I have four kids from a five-year-old, a seven-and-a-half-year-old, a 15-year-old, and, and an 18-year-old. Um, so my 18-year-old is a senior this year. My five-year-old is going to be a kindergartner. And we're just all over the place. I've been homeschooling for three years. All of my kids have homeschooled at one point or another, but my 15-year-old is currently enrolled in a private school and I'm not sure what my senior he was homeschooled this past year I don't know what he's going to do next year uh we kind of just want to do what's best for each individual child and so he's figuring that out <laughs> awesome and what about you Madeline I only have one mm -hmm. and he is eight and we have homeschooled from the beginning so he is actually he's been in forest school since the beginning yeah <laughs> so it's kind of special that's his school is for a school yeah. and we started it when both of our kids were five yeah that is what and the way that we've done things is just out in the woods together <laughs> awesome so why don't we start then madeline with why you decided to homeschool um we had always played around me and my husband had always played around with the idea of homeschooling we are both huge, avid outdoor people. We love being outside. We love fishing and hiking and having the outdoor lifestyle. And we live way out in the country. And we had played around with the idea of homeschooling, but really once our son was born and he got to the age to go to school, we were like, this is exactly what we wanna do because it gives us the freedom to be out in nature when we want to and study outside and study nature and be, I don't know, outside all the time, which is 
luckily in North Texas, where we live, we have kind of the weather to be outside all year round, if you don't mind the heat. Mm, nice. So yeah. we decided that that's what we wanted to do. And man, we've stuck with it. And I'm really happy. It's been really rewarding. So it was kind of due to a lifestyle choice, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. It was, my husband is a chiropractor and I have an organic homestead. And so we're outside all the time anyway, and homeschooling just kind of squeezed and fit right into that little area. And what about you, Amber? What did you and your family decide to homeschool? Okay. So when my oldest was in elementary school, he constantly, all the teachers were like, he has ADD, he has ADHD, like put him on medicine. He took a rock from the playground. We don't let kids take rocks from the playground. They belong to the playground. And I'm just like, are you kidding? Like he's a nine-year-old boy, leave him alone. Um, it was really stressful. I had teachers telling me in his public school, um, you need to make sure he brings his homework back to school. And I'm like, you know, I checked his homework. I told him to put it in his folder. If he doesn't bring it back, you know, give him a zero, whatever you got to do. I'm not going to like physically put his homework in his backpack for him. Like he's old enough to do that. And so it was just a constant battle. So that's when I first was like, Hey, we should homeschool. And both of my kids and my two older were like, mm -mm, Nope, we're in public school. We love this. We're saying, and then we had two more kids. So I didn't even really give them an option because I was really young when I had my first two and I've grown up a little bit. So I read a lot <laughs> and um, I just really was reading things about the way kids learn. And I just wanted to create a lifestyle of leisure mm -hmm. um, in their learning so that it wasn't forced that they were able to explore their own interests. You know, we were, we just had the freedom to do whatever we want to do, whatever we want to learn. I really liked all of those ideals. So when we're in the time, mm -hmm. the time to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm a third grader and she is, when she was like, four or five, I was like, okay, we're just going to homeschool. And then my, my oldest was like, Hey, I kind of like this. And so I pulled him out of school and he homeschooled. I homeschooled my 15 year old for a minute. She did not like it. So she is back in school. <laughs> it took me a while to convince the older kids for sure. And they could still mm -hmm. benefit. I really like even now I'm always trying to persuade them, like, just quit school. Let me homeschool you. And because <laughs> um, they could really benefit from the freedom of homeschooling. They're very structured and I just <laughs> enjoy life because they went to public school for so long. And so anyways, we, I like the freedom and the lack of structure and just an environment where everybody can do their own thing. Mm -hmm. So are your younger two enjoying it? Oh yeah. Uh, my, my daughter is the reason we started Barefoot. Her and Madeline's son are like two peas in a pod. They just want to be outside foraging and playing in creeks and exploring all day long. And so, disappearing from disappearing. us yep. <laughs> into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and being okay with it. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> That's great. And I love, Amber, how at least you can share with families that in your family, you have kids that it doesn't fit for all of them. And you guys are okay with that. And you gave your older ones the choice to be able to go to school because some parents I think might feel guilty if they have an older child who's like begging to go back to school and then they feel bad about it. But you know, there's a place and time for everyone. And I think it's I great think that your families. It. I don't feel any guilt, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That too. It's hard. Yeah. I remember listening to another interview and one, um, one of the moms was saying how her high schoolers beginning to ask more about attending school. And she's like, it's making me sad, but I'm trying to be okay with it. And we're not there yet. All of our kids are elementary and younger. So I can't imagine, but that time might come. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just school. It's all of their teenage decisions where I'm like, <laughs> 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 so true. <laughs> but to take it back a little bit more, if you could share a little bit more on your story of how Barefoot came about. So I think if I'm doing the math right, it's been around for three years now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Around, we're going into our third year. So September will be our third year of actually having Barefoot University. And it started as a random message on a random thread on Facebook. 
that was like, I want to do a forest school. Who wants to do a forest school? And I saw it and I was like, I definitely want to do a forest school. And so we met up and we were like, we should start planning a forest school. And we did. And it started out with us. And then there were maybe like three families Mm -hmm. that joined. And then there were seven families and then there were 15 families. And then all of a sudden there were like 70 families and we were like, okay, so this is an actual need. This is something that people are, are interested in. And it's a need that people are looking for. But and at the same time, we were like, mm-hmm. we can't do this. We yes. want a community. <laughs> yes. We want a community and you can't have that tight knit community that people crave yeah. when there's 70 other families. So we split our group and we helped the other leaders and then set up their own groups. And we've been splitting groups ever since. Yes. Yes, because there's a sweet spot that you get into of having that sense of community and knowing everybody's children and everybody's children knowing you and really feeling like you are one big family. And that's all that we were looking for is one big family hanging out, teaching our kids in the woods. And we, I think, have kind of, we think have figured it out. (laughs) I'll say that. (laughs) Some days. Some days it feels like we have. (laughs) And some days it doesn't. What's the what's the group size that you guys found works well? In our groups, we have a lot more families that than that are enrolled that don't come every week. So about half the families enrolled come on a weekly basis, and the other half kind of trickle in and out and cycle in and out. But our core group um, is about ten to twelve families that come every single week. There's about ten to twelve other families that come some weeks or come once a month. Or we've had families that just come once a semester they kind of do, our whole thing is do what's best for your family mm-hmm. we have about 30 families in every group and out of those 30 there's about 10 to 12 that come every single week so that creates that community that we're looking for wow and then how many different like groups now do you have or chapters or whatever you want to call it we just set up some more today yes. so um, <laughs> we have nine or ten in the dfw area Mm -hmm. and we are opening our first one um like this week in tennessee in northeast tennessee and we are opening one in september just north of atlanta georgia so it's just crazy it is quickly spreading which is good and what we want yeah yeah good for you guys so are then you having to you just set up the trainings and the plans for these other people to, to go with it? Basically, mm-hmm. uh, we give them, so we created our program on like a four-year cycle kind of after each element. And so like this year is Rhythm Earth and they are going to, all of our groups are going to be learning about the same thing. It's a 36-week program. So they're all going to be learning about the same thing at the same time. And each rhythm has three different cycles. So for Earth, um, the first cycle is all about the ground. So they're going to be learning about landforms and rocks. and Fossils. Yeah, fossils. We love fossils. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I got my computer out of the bag to do this, and fossils fossils fell out. I love it. Then our second 12 weeks is over trees and animals. And then the last 12 weeks of Rhythm Earth is uh, plants and insects and bugs. So, um, all the groups are learning the same thing each week. So if you're on week one, no matter what group you're on, you're going to be learning about grass identification, for example, or just whatever it happens to be that week. Mm-hmm. But um, we give them all of the activities. We give them all of the games. We give them all of the supplies. And then we have leaders just volunteer to run each group. Um, and they have support from us. We go to their open houses. We've been going to all the open houses that are local. Yeah, we do Zoom meetings and train people and talk to people. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Now, did either of you have a background in this? Or are you guys just literally figuring it out as you go with creating these classes? Um, I've done some nonprofit work. So I have a little bit of experience with that. Um, and I used to own my own business. My husband and I ran a business for a lot of years. But anything like this, no, is, no, no. <laughs> No, we're just learning as we go. And some things really, really work well. And then it is completely trial and error. Some things don't work and we have to change and kind of go with the flow. And it has been really exciting and fun. 
And we both are really, I feel like, fairly easygoing. And part of what makes it work between the two of us is we are both able to take criticism from each other. Mm-hmm. Or if one of us doesn't like something or doesn't like the way that is, we're able to say, no, I don't like that. And the other one doesn't get offended or have any negative stuff because our main goal is yeah. the same main goal, yeah. which is getting kids outside. And neither one of us are scared to fail. No. Which I think is really important because if we mess up, we're just going to figure out a different way. So mm-hmm. we've done that too. Yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> When you guys first started this and put that message out there, you know, three, almost three years ago, were there other four schools in the area or didn't really exist? Um, we had, yes, there are. There mm-hmm. was like a big one um, not too far from us that I went to. It was um, similar. It was child-led, um, but it was huge. So it, for me, I loved the group, but it was missing the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had been to some other uh I guess there was like some wild and free groups and uh, free four schools. Yeah. We had both separately gone to that just didn't fit. And um, the kids yeah. were too young or too old, or there wasn't a good age range. And I really wanted my kids to be exposed to children of all ages so that they could learn from older kids and older kids can learn from them and vice versa. So I just didn't find anything. That was what I wanted. So I want, we created it. So we're always saying, right, whatever, if there's a need that you want and it's not there, <laughs> Be the one to start it. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly what I feel like we did. And I, we really, I had no idea that the need, it was the same need that all these other people had. We didn't set out to create an organization or no. a bunch of groups or anything like that. And we even said from the beginning, like, if we're the only ones that show up, we're going to do this together and raise our kids together in the wood. I guess everybody else wanted that too. <laughs> <laughs> but I had no idea. Was there a year um, where you saw like that jump to 70? Was it because of COVID or was that jump before COVID? It was, it was that first year. It was before COVID. It was. And we had changed parks and had actually kind of gotten the ball rolling and came up with our name and started advertising a little bit, not really advertising, but saying, hey, we're going to have a forest school at this park. And we had, what, 20 people that were registered and we had a registration end date. And Amber and I woke up the next morning and 70 more families had registered overnight. And that was the moment of like, okay, oh no. <laughs> like, okay, how do we do this? And how do we split it? And how do we make it to where everybody has that sense of community and feels what we want to feel? And it's not just large and chaotic. Now, when you guys first started, was it, was there a curriculum to it or were you just meeting up and kind of letting the kids do their thing out in the woods? We didn't have a, we don't have a curriculum now, really. It was kind of similar to what we're doing now, but not as organized, I guess. We We did have a plan. We had a plan. We had a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. And we changed it a lot. (laughs) We did change it a lot. (laughs) Because we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, but we had it planned out like this week is, going to be bow and arrows and this week we're going to have nature wraps yeah, and bridge, bridge building mm-hmm. and play so we knew what we were doing every week um it didn't follow it followed like the natural flow of the seasons but it didn't build on each other which is kind of what we decided to do now it, so each week kind of builds on each other now but then it was just kind of random and it was looking really good yeah <laughs> it was in development stages at that point We're still in development stages, I feel like, but it was in the very beginning, but it worked. And so we were like, okay, well, if we can do it like that, then we can really build on it and we can do it like this and the way that we're doing it. And halfway through our first year, we decided to do our first nature journal and it was simple and easy and it was fun. And, um, and actually that's when everything kind of started to take Mm -hmm. off. We started showing up and there was like 60 or 70 people at the park wanting to do whatever we were doing that day. And that's when we were like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what is Barefoot University's philosophy on education? We are a forest school. So we have our forest school philosophy, which is holistic nature, child-led, extremely child-led learning outside. Our biggest thing is, and our just, I feel like almost motto is do what's best for your family. So every family is different. Barefoot University is going to be different to everyone. 
and what you put into it is kind of what you're going to get out of it. But different families are going to approach it in a different way. That can be people actually doing the activity. That can be kids just wanting to be in the woods. That can be, it is what you make it. Yeah. A lot of our activities involve risk play. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure most of your listeners know the importance of child-led play and risk play and things like that. So that's a big focus of ours. But really what we want to do is create a connection between the kids and nature and the kids and each other. Mm -hmm. So if we can do that, then we have hit the sweet spot. And it's funny because there will be events that we'll do and we'll do activities and we'll look at each other and we'll be in that magic moment. And you can just see the magic that's happening around you. And we're like, oh man, we're doing it. Like it's actually (laughs) happening and it feels good and it's just magical outside. And so that's what we aim for every week. Seeing that magic moment, sweet spot of kids just with unstructured outdoor play that are learning at the same time while they're forging friendships. So if we were to walk up to one of your programs, what would it look like? Okay. So like on a typical day, we have our meeting time and every group is different, but um, Madeline and I, in our group, we start at like 9.45 in the morning. There's usually a game that kind of goes with the lesson. So if we're making bow and arrows that day, we might play a game on like predator and prey, or um, sometimes we just do free play. Uh, Our kids in our group have this one tree that they like. In fact, one day we were late to four school. My daughter was in the backseat and she was like, I don't like it when we're late. Everybody's going to get to the best spot in the tree and I need you to hurry up. So for our group, the tree is the game. The tree is the game. We try and get them to play the game, but it doesn't always, it doesn't work. They want to be in the tree. (laughs) Um, But a lot of our groups will start with an opening game or free play. And then about 20 or 30 minutes later, um, we head back to the classroom and uh, one day we met at the trailhead to head back to the classroom and one of the older kids found this giant stick and we decided to limbo onto the trail. So now in our group, all the kids limbo onto the trail every week on the walk to the classroom and they love it. And if we don't, if we can't find the stick or whatever that day, um, they are like, what? We're, we need to limbo. Like, it's a stick. <laughs> So it's kind of become a tradition at our, at our community. Um, but we walk to the classroom. It's about a 10 minute hike. We kind of just strew the supplies if there are any out uh, in the same spot every week. And the kids will come and get them and start doing whatever they're designed to do. And some kids will go off and be gone for the majority of the time. And then they'll come back and see that everybody made these amazing bow and arrows. And then they start to do it, or maybe they don't, maybe they just stay lost <laughs> for, the, for the duration of before school. Um, and that works too, because, you know, there's so much confidence and self-esteem that is being built by the, by getting lost in the woods. So whatever they do, um, they're going to walk away with something. So does every group have an indoor space or is it just depend? No, we're all outside all the time. So when you say classroom, what do you mean by that? Oh, okay. So (laughs) our classroom area, we have just like a basic meeting spot. And like Amber said, we give people a good 20 or 30 minutes to actually show up because we live in the DFW Metroplex and traffic and children in the morning and chaos. And we don't want somebody to be late. So you've got kind of a little bit of a leeway, but we have a main meeting spot. And then we hike to an area that is outside that the kids chose as our natural outdoor classroom area. It took us probably about six weeks for the kids to be able to pinpoint where that was gonna be, but it was one of those magic things. It was a magic moment because when we came to this clearing in the woods, all the kids rushed over to this one area and we were like, that's our classroom. This is it and we found it and that's our classroom area. And so we hiked back there and that's where we do our usual activity. The great part about that is a lot of our activities have nature supplies that we need to get. So as we, after we limbo, as we hike back to the classroom, we can find if we need sticks for bow and arrows, or if everybody needs to look out for a certain color of leaf or anything like that, they can pick up supplies as we go. And then when we get to our classroom area, the supplies, they have their supplies already there. And it's really neat to be in the same spot every single week because the kids have learned to observe changes in that classroom area and not just like seasonal changes, which is awesome to observe, um, 
but even like we'll go and maybe a tree lost a limb or there's some kind of hole dug and that gives them something else to explore that week because they notice all these changes because we're in the exact same spot every week. So that's been really cool. My mind is like racing. Like as you talk, I like have these different questions. I got to go back to my mind here. So how long are these days? Oh, it just depends. Okay. So it is as long as your family needs it to be, I guess. There are some days that Amber and I get there and it will be 9.45 in the morning and we'll look up and it will be like three o'clock in the afternoon. And we'll be like, oh my gosh, it's already three. We have to go. There's traffic and kids to pick up. And how did we spend this much time out here? What in the world is happening? And there are other days that maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's an hour or two hours. And it really just depends on the people and the activity. Most of the activities can be done with the group game and the activity you could be done if you just did it all within like an hour, hour and a half. But our, our group and most of the other groups, they we like to linger. The kids do the activity and then they're like, let's go play in the creek. So we hike to the creek or mm-hmm. let's go down to the lake and we'll hike to the lake. And, and so we, a lot of times just make a day of it. Well, and we all bring, because ours starts in the morning, we all bring lunch and snacks. So after the activity is over as adults and as kids, we're able to have like a community meal together where we can all sit down and eat together and relax and just kind of reconnect. And that's another really important, I part I feel like about our group and our days that we get that time to just sit and eat together yes now Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if you already mentioned this but for people who are listening like I that want to get their kids outside that maybe live in a a bigger city so when you say DFW for people don't know you mean Dallas Fort Worth right correct which is if you're not from there is massive and so (laughs) are you doing this in a city park or something like that Ours is in a city park, but it's a huge city park. I mean, I don't even know how many acres it is. Hundreds. Hundreds, yeah. Probably. (laughs) Uh, There's lots of trails. It has a lake and a creek and fire pits and different ecosystems. So it has all the things that we would need to have a successful forest school. But when we started creating all of these activities, we were like, okay, this needs to be able to be done on the beach or in the desert, or in the mountains, like if somebody lives somewhere else. So we tried to keep that in mind as we were creating our weekly activities, that you can really do a lot of the stuff everywhere. And maybe you don't have a good place to find fossils, but you could still do a limestone test or whatever, you know, the fossil activity is. So um, we try to make it to where you could do it no matter what. And we, because we live in the city, we like to be like in wooded areas, but forest school, the forest school philosophy, it doesn't have to be in the woods. You can do it anywhere. You can do risk play and outdoor exploration. And we've taken our kids on urban hikes in downtown Dallas mm-hmm. and there's no trees. Currently, so yeah. So probably wa- walking through downtown Dallas is probably risk play in itself. Yeah. Right? yeah okay. <laughs> That's a little bit of risk play. And I also feel like we are really blessed where we live that we have so many wonderful parks. Mm -hmm. We have so much green space. We have so many wonderful parks, but we do have smaller groups that meet at smaller parks that maybe aren't as big as our park and don't have all the elements, don't have fire pits or a place to make fire, don't have water. And so we try and include stuff where it's like, okay, so if you're doing fire this week, you can go to these nearby areas that you can do that. If you want to do water play, here are some options for you. So it's not really a one size fits all thing. We have things that we like, but yeah, one of our groups does their fire stuff on a grill. So they still get it in. The kids still make the fire. They Mm -hmm. still cook or whatever it is, but yeah, they do it on a grill because that's what works for them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That that's great to and encouraging for those who maybe do live in more of a city like setting that there's hope that you can find your way in outdoor play and like you said in risk play and free play and all that even in the middle of the city. One of the girls I just interviewed, she lives pretty much in the city too, but they're like I think it might be like an apartment is the, across the street from the, the town park. So for them, a lot of their morning walks and nature is spent right there across across the street from her apartment, you know? So you, yeah, you don't have to live out in the middle of the country. <laughs> no, and I will say, I feel like once you actually stop and look around and start noticing, even a small city park, there is so much nature and so much opportunity to see nature if you just, stop and take the chance to spend some time there and look at it. 
Now this is uh, just to clarify. So this is more like a supplemental type co-op, right? Cause it's only once a week yes. and everybody kind of does their own learning otherwise during the week. Now for you two, do you guys kind of follow this philosophy of learning in your week or you do different things with your schooling in the woods like every day yeah (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that we're probably not radical in schoolers but we spend most of our time out in the woods so (laughs) we're in the woods all the time okay and with you Amber pretty much the same Uh, same in fact I came home the other day and my hair was in a bun and my 15 year old was like why is there a stick holding your hair (laughs) (laughs) I was in the woods and I didn't have a hair tie so yeah we're in the woods all the time um yeah and if we're not we're aching to get there so have either of you um actually before I ask this question I did want to point out I when I was reading your website you did mention that you guys are working on a year-round curriculum is that correct yes so how's that going? And what's that going to look like? <laughs> it's um, it's going to follow whatever rhythm we're on. So um, we haven't we haven't really set yet, and we're not even close to doing that probably. It's basically going to follow. So for example, if you know week one or two in Rhythm Earth is about grasses, it's going to give ideas, kind of like a unit study would, in ways that you can explore grass. Um, across all subjects so maybe for fine arts you weave a grass basket or I don't know there's poems about grass like for language arts and different things for different levels mm-hmm. yeah yep. <laughs> that was a very good description <laughs> and will it be when it, when you say year-round mm-hmm. curriculum will it be something that families can use as like the as a core curriculum or again more as like a supplemental piece to whatever they're doing maybe I mean I think that depends on the family like my family could certainly use it as a core curriculum um because we're not sitting down at a table doing schoolwork. some people will probably want to add to it but it definitely covers all the subjects nice and it's going to be 36 weeks just like for school so it'll probably meet all of the state standards and time and things like that I think that it could definitely be standalone mm-hmm. it just depends on the family that's great. That's awesome. You guys are doing that. All right. So have either of you witnessed um, maybe some fundamental changes in a child that was like in a more traditional educational setting and they were struggling in it. And now as they have been introduced into this type of learning environment, they're thriving. I would say weekly. Yeah. Weekly we see that. And especially with our newer homeschoolers because of COVID, A lot of it is children who have been in public school their entire life and are now suddenly homeschooled. And not only are they homeschooled, but now we have thrown them into nature, into an environment weekly that maybe they're not really used to being exposed to. And the way that I feel like that nature works, it makes you so much more patient. You maybe have to move slower. Nobody is rushing you to get it done, do it right now. You only have 15 minutes. We have to do it. Forest school isn't like that. So we've seen a lot of kids that have slowed down a lot. And the more that they come and the more that the weeks go on, it is a big change in their personality. Yeah, I had two separate families just this week tell us um, how Airfit has just changed their lives. One uh, pulled all three of her sons out of public school, I guess a year and a half ago. And one of her sons is on the spectrum. And she was telling me that the social learning and risk play has like fundamentally just changed her son and the way he approaches people and just their day-to-day stuff. Um, she wasn't used to getting out in nature either. And now because of Airfit, she's made it just a part of their life as well. They're outside most days now. They're exploring new things and new parks. And um, she really just changed the way that her sons play. Uh, and she said that, her son that is on the spectrum has shown the biggest improvements. And um, I loved that because I love knowing that our group is so inclusive. Like we can just welcome any kind of child. Everybody can find their, their niche in the group. So it made me really happy to hear that from her. But we have family after family tell us like, this is the best part of our week. You guys have changed our lives. And 
And so I just love hearing that because mm-hmm. we, like we said, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we're just saying what feels natural to us. And so I love that other people are able to benefit from it. And we see it in the younger and older kids too, um, just how they learn from and take care of each other, like the mix, the age mix of kids. Um, I really love watching those interactions and I see it a lot in my, I mean, my family is like that anyways, because of our age range, Um, but I see it a lot in kids, especially new families, um, just the way they kind of like will pick, like some of the younger kids will pick an older kid in the group and that just kind of becomes their person. And then the older kids naturally just, I don't even think it's intentional. I think it's just a natural thing. They give them information that maybe the younger kids wouldn't necessarily be exposed to had they not been in having the opportunity Mm -hmm. to do this activity or whatever. Um, And so they do it at like higher levels than they would if there wasn't older kids around. Well, and especially with risk play. Yeah. Like maybe we wouldn't normally climb a tree that high. But because there are older kids climbing the tree that high, maybe we'll take a chance because I know that somebody has my back. And if I slip, somebody's there to grab me or that's going to push me a little bit harder. It's really, really great. And during the games too, just Mm -hmm. watching them communicate, like, this is how you play the game or these are the rules. Like the older kids will just naturally help the younger kids or they'll take a leadership role yeah they'll take a leadership role and then they adjust things too to kind of fit so that all ages can do it it's just really fun to watch those interactions so I think I've seen that a lot yeah I think it's just as important for the older kids as it is for the younger Mm -hmm. kids too in our group because they get exposed to these younger kids that maybe they wouldn't be exposed to normally like I have an only child and we have some older only children in the group And I think it has really changed them because they don't have younger siblings, you know, to have that relationship with. And so seeing them with the younger kids, even my eight-year-old with some of like the littler siblings, seeing him help them and do stuff like that when we don't usually get that opportunity, it's been really, really great. Yeah. Do you you think most of the, the, the kids that are in your group come from like a city background where that maybe this is their only only availability to like the outdoors when they came to a lot have um a lot of I feel like most of our families are probably new-ish to nature or forest school when they first join and we have families that are still in our group that have been there for all three years and I've seen their lives completely change um actually one of our board members even said like her family spends so much more time in nature now that she's been a part of Barefoot they camp all the time. If it's not a forest school day, they're usually outside exploring or fossil hunting or doing something outside. So um, I think, yeah, a lot of people don't necessarily start off. I feel like once you get them in nature, they can't help but fall in love with it. They see that, mm-hmm. and it's not just, you know, observing nature that you fall in love with. I mean, I'm certainly in love with that, but they see all these benefits to their kids and not just, you know, learning about nature, but there's like health benefits to being out in nature, which I'm kind of really passionate about making sure that my family lives a healthy lifestyle, but there are all these benefits to nature besides just learning like about seasons and animals and things like that. So I think they start observing those and seeing those in their life and they just want more of it because you can't help it. I think that's a good a good point that you brought up how the whole family started to go camping or being outdoors more. And that's what we talk about all the time with homeschooling. When somebody asks us, it's like, it's, yeah, it's about the kid's education, but a big part, at least for us is it's a entire family thing. Like it's changed our family as a whole. And so it sounds like with the forest schools, it's the same kind of thing. Like they probably brought their child to get an outdoor experience. And then next thing, you know, the whole family's involved and their life, has changed, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. And we even have families who are maybe like more rigorous in their schooling. Um, They do a lot of stuff and then they will take that. And they're the ones who come for the activity and then they leave, they don't linger. (laughs) But during that hour or hour and a half that they're there for the activity, like watching their kids play, like I just love watching those kids play because it's something that they really need because they are sitting down doing a lot of schoolwork in like a more traditional schooling setting, even if it's at home. Um, But I love that they are able to have that opportunity. I see like big changes in those kids during that hour. 
Yeah, I've met a lot of kids and we don't have the exposure like you guys do because you're running that school. But I've always said and we're huge in the outdoors and I always said, you know, I know that kid probably doesn't get get into the outdoors very much. And I bet you if they did, it would change them. The, the issues that they're having, the problems that they're having at school, like if they just get to the outdoors, like I know for myself and our kids, it would just help. It would change a lot for them. So that's neat that you actually get to see it firsthand. Oh, I absolutely feel like that. I feel like that with our kids. Sure. Yeah. I think if our kids were in a normal public school setting, especially <laughs> our sons. I don't, I don't really, I don't know what that would be we like. Would be at the we day. would be at the school every day. <laughs> like we, we would. And so seeing that just even in my own child, I'm like, woo, I'm glad we're outside today. <laughs> like, let's go and, outside. And days where we haven't, like, um, we just, my family just, spent a lot of days traveling um, to a different state and we were in the car for several days in a row and we did, you know, stop at some rest stops and give them a few minutes to play. But I even noticed like during those few days where we didn't have our outside time, just the, my patience and my peace and the kids, of course, also, but everybody's behavior was just different. Um, because we weren't able to get outside and breathe and relax and ground and do all the feel the sun mm-hmm. which we went out and felt the sun for a little bit before we started this because <laughs> we were both like we need to go outside for a little bit <laughs> see it's a cure-all it, it, I t- we totally agree <laughs> and yes we understand with our son oh gosh we too we don't even know because our oldest did go to school and then we started homeschooling when she was going to third grade but our two sons, the, the middle one that we're speaking of right now, he only went to preschool. So we saw a glimpse of it and it was a Montessori school, which was a great compromise at the time. But we're always like, I don't know. I don't even know. Even if we didn't like homeschooling, I think we would be doing it because we probably would be at the school every day just because he's active. It's not, there's nothing wrong with his behavior, but because they wouldn't be able to handle how active he is and in the constant needing to move and and yeah it's always for me like when he has to obviously he goes to work during the day so we're doing our homeschooling during the week and the outdoors we've always been outdoors people but as soon as we started homeschooling that was one thing we wanted to make sure because that was one of the deciding factors too was that we didn't we don't think learning should be sitting at a desk all day long or being at a table or in this one area or, and so we made sure that we bring the outdoors every day, really in our house. And it has like, for me, even though I was a nature lover before it, it has just, I've grown so much as a person myself now, making it a point for our family to go every day. And, it, and you're right. Like it's, it's, it's therapy for all of us. Like I need it too. Like when we're having a moment and I'm like, let's go outside. And it, it like fixes everything. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember the the beginning where you mentioned you're, you're getting all the phone calls from your school and people who are non-medical, doc, not medical doctors suggesting that your son had ADD and should be on medication. That would be the phone call we'd be getting. I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> all right. So how has each of your personal philosophies on education evolved since you started Barefoot University? You can go. You want me to go? Okay. Sure. I mean, I think um, mine's kind of evolved over the years, but the one thing that has really changed since we started the EU was um, how, and actually, we just talked about this. Um, Madeline and I, with one of our board members, went on like a huge camping trip all around Texas a few weeks ago. And um, we were outside a lot and we were in the car a lot, but we were talking about how the weather no longer affects our plants. And I just love that a bad weather day, what's typically thought of as a bad weather day, isn't bad to us anymore. Um, We meet like in all weather, unless there's just a severe storm. Um, And I think we've only actually had to cancel four school once and it was when Texas had their big ice. (laughs) 
last year. That's the only time we've ever had to cancel for school. Mm-hmm. We meet in all types of weather and um, it's just that it's transferred over into our lives in other areas. We're like, oh, it's raining. We can still go to the beach. <laughs> like, we don't care anymore. We're outside experiencing it. We don't let weather affect our plans. And I love that our kids get to see that too, because maybe things aren't like, you know, perfect conditions all the time, but um, you can still do what you plan to do. There's different ways to do it. And um, you just adjust and what's well, really freeing. Mm-hmm. Like it feels very freeing to realize that you can do things when it's 28 degrees outside and the wind is 30 miles an hour and you have a terrible wind yeah. chill and it's cold and you still go do it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's amazing. Yes. We have magic even during. We do. We have magic during <laughs> the super cold times. It's still super magic. And when it's super hot and if it's pouring down rain, in fact, our end of year party this year was an ice cream party and it poured the entire time we had the ice cream party, but we still had the ice cream party. That's great. And so we were under umbrellas and we were all soaked to the bone. And do you know who didn't care? The kids. They didn't care. They were outside having a good time and it was raining and they had ice cream. So I feel like once you adjust your mindset to just being like, we're going to do this and it doesn't matter. And as long as we can just, I don't know, put on the jacket and go for it, then you're good to go. And there's been days where we're like, nobody's going to show up. It's like 28 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then we get there and there's like 30 people and we're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. It's been some of the, one of my favorite dates was we were doing this hike and it was really cold. It was like, it was probably freezing. It was probably below 32 and it was raining, like skating and everybody was dressed appropriately. But the kids, we thought it was going to be really short. The kids ended up hiking for like two hours and they had so much fun. It was one of my favorite outdoor memories um, since we've started because they just had such a good time. I don't even think they realized that it was miserably <laughs> cold and raining and we still did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like your idea of a cold day and our idea of a cold day. <laughs> In Ohio. In Ohio. It's freezing here. It is cold. That is cold weather. <laughs> it was that your one day of rain this year or what? Did you, you guys don't get much rain there, did you? <laughs> this year I think our whole like April and May every week almost it was raining Mm -hmm. so we had a lot of rain (laughs) because then our creeks are full so then we have a little creek play and we end with the creek and we get to play in the creek which we love because then we get to look for fossils while the kids are playing in the creek so (laughs) and the the other good thing about bad weather days well you know what people call bad weather days is that there's a lot less people out and you get the place yourself Mm -hmm. typically Which is what we like. Yes. Although I, most people don't want to be around 50 kids. So they can <laughs> scatter anyway. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Cleared the area. <laughs> you, guys, you guys just show up and everybody scatters. Especially hikers on the trail. And we have a lot of horse, like horseback riders on our trail and at our park. And so we can hear them coming and they're like, we are out of here <laughs> away from these kids. Like, <laughs> it's a great tactic. <laughs> no, we're the same. Like you said, the rainy day beach, it's one of Nathan's favorite days because we can guarantee that it's going to, it's going to be a clear day on the beach as far as people wise. <laughs> Those are always the best days too. You just get your rain gear on. We believe in it so much that we did actually have Linda McGurk, the author of there's no such thing as bad weather mm-hmm. on our show, because we're, we just feel that that mindset is so powerful and it should not stop you from having fun. And it's usually the adults that have a hard time with it, not the children. Yeah. Well, and it shifts your whole life. That mindset shifts your entire life. Cause when you wake up in the morning and it's raining or it's cold, or maybe it's really, really hot. You're like, well, I mean, that's not going to stop me. Yeah. I'm still going to go do the thing I want to do. It's not going to stop me. And once you shift your mind like that, it, the world opens up completely to you. Mm-hmm. Well, especially in Northeast Ohio, if you don't go outside when it's raining or cold out, you're like half your year is gone. So <laughs> better get outside and get used to it. You're going to have some mental issues, <laughs> like yeah. emotional mental issues. <laughs> All right. And then as your business is growing, what is your vision for the future of Barefoot University? Um, ideally, we want to be nationwide. 
obviously we want to spread, but we want to spread not only to homeschool communities, we would like to get into classrooms or after school activities where people and children who really need to get outside into nature have the opportunity to get outside into nature. Our main goal is to get everyone out into nature. And if we can do that in an after school setting with somebody who lives in a super urban area, then I feel like we will have won. Yeah. And that is like really our end goal. And we, um, we also have this mission to keep it really affordable. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you looked at our website, but basically families can join for like less than $10 a month. And, um, I mean, there may be a point where we have to increase that, but we are always going to strive to be really affordable to everybody. I actually grew up really poor and my mom was a single mom the whole time. So things like that other kids got to do. I went to public school, but things that they got to do, I can never do because we just couldn't afford it. So um, when we started this, that's kind of one of the conversations we had very early on is that, you know, a lot of families that are homeschooling are um, making sacrifices to have one income in their home. And so we want to be mindful of that and just uh, make it available to everybody. And then we've actually had people donate money to cover other people's year at Barefoot. So we've given out like a benevolent fund so that other families that maybe can't afford it or are sacrificing or have had issues come up throughout the year that they can still get out in nature. But we, we want that for public schools too. People that maybe don't have the opportunity to homeschool, but would like to. And or they don't have the opportunity to get their kids outside Yeah, because they work until six and then you have to commute home and you just don't have that opportunity. Like we want those kids outside too. I love how you bring up, because this is something I've spoken with Nathan before is that there are other four schools for schools I have seen, or even like um, maybe an organization is putting on this big retreat for homeschooling families, the price tag, I'm like, are they even looking at their, their families here? Like you said, most of us are giving up an income to do this and then they don't necessarily make it affordable. And it, it just stinks because it's something that many families could have been interested in, but they just can't afford it. Well, in larger families, I mean, yeah, the homeschooling community obviously has a lot of larger families. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so something that wouldn't be a big deal to me having one kid to pay is a bigger deal to Amber having four kids to have to pay for it. So we've tried to keep that in mind too, that if you have a larger family, we still want your whole family and we want you to be able to participate with a large family. Yeah. The homeschooling families keep the 12 passenger van business <laughs> going. So. <laughs> Very much so yeah. When I showed up to our co-op with just three kids, I say just three kids, because then I felt like I was the minority of <laughs> so many large families. I was like, man, I never felt so small. <laughs> the big families come in a lot of handy when we do our community service days, because they bring like all their kids. And so we yes. have all these extra hands helping. So we love big families. We do. Well, before we start to wrap it up, was there anything else you guys wanted to add? Um, we are a little bit different than four school, like the traditional four schools. Like if you know, if you're familiar with the four school philosophy, because we do really put an emphasis on serving the local community. Mm -hmm. So all of our groups do community service projects that kind of go with what we're learning. So maybe we're in the middle of learning about leagues, like last year, that was the case. And um, our group did, they rake uh, autumn yards for shut-ins. So um, we were able to go do that. We've done like park cleanups and we volunteered at horse rescues and things like that when we were learning oh, we about animals. We made sack lunches too during December. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did sack lunches for the homeless and gave those out for on the streets of Fort Worth. So we have really just made sure that serving, I want my kids. <laughs> and if this came from what we wanted for our own kids, mm -hmm. like we want them to be caring and mindful of, others and their needs and the earth and its needs. And so we try to keep that in mind as we're planning and all of our groups do a really great job. Of, they, they have the flexibility to do their own community service and field trip events. And um, we just give them ideas. Uh, and so they all have really just jumped on board with serving others. And we love that. We love watching it. And we love our, that our kids can just carry that out. It's really amazing to even watch like the little kids, they get involved and they will pick up just as much trash as the big kids or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's really cool to watch all of them 
serve even from the tiniest age, even like the little, little kids that are like three-year-olds that are just tagging along with their older siblings and they jump in and they want to help too. And they have a heart to help. So I love watching that. Mm -hmm. And we, I I think a lot of the time with people in volunteering is it's really hard to figure out where to start. And you may want to volunteer and you may want to take your family to volunteer, but you don't really know how or where. And so I love the fact that we are making our own community, but are also really connecting to the communities around us. So we feel connected to the communities and to our own community. And we give people ideas on how to serve and how to help in their own community. That's wonderful. We also believe that that's just so important. And I'm glad you brought that up because I had it in my notes and I forgot to mention it because I thought that that was so neat that your organization does that because it is important. Even our kids ended the air quote school year with doing a community project with their co-op and it was out there, (laughs) sorry, raking, raking leaves in this very muddy property. Cause up here in Northeast Ohio, we have clay as our soil and it had just stormed like the week before and it was still super muddy but this elderly couple had asked us to clean up their whole back property and I remember us adults like looking at each other like oh my gosh because like the leaves are like matted into the mud I'm like how are we going to rake the leaves but we did it and the kids like gave it their all we were so muddy so muddy I took pictures everybody's like covered head so kids were slipping in it (laughs) but they were having a great time and it was just, and then the elderly couple came out and they were just so appreciative, giving all the kids treats and little lunches and, you know, like, wait, you're not supposed to be doing this, but they were just, it, it was such a great gift for them to, for our kids to see that and then to be involved in that. And like you said, building that community. And I think that's awesome. And I think, like you said, Madeline, many families don't know where to start. Sometimes we even struggle trying to find the, um, volunteer opportunities for kids in our community. It's it's a little more difficult to find it for children than it is for adults to volunteer. And so for you to help make that connection, that that's awesome. All right. So the final question is going to be, if you knew you could only leave one last piece of wisdom for your children, what would it be? Mine's longer because I have four kids and I think it's really different for each kid. Um, so I don't have like one short answer to that. If it was my oldest daughter, I would tell her to find something that she just loves and spend time uh, doing that and seeking that. If it was my youngest son, I would probably just tell him to never stop taking risks. He's a, he's really brave. He is mm-hmm. a big risk taker and I don't want him to lose that because I see people lose that the older they get. If it was my my youngest daughter, what would I tell Kimley? Oh my gosh, she has oh, such a big heart. She loves, she she's, her and Madeline's son are the reason we started for school. Um, and she has such a big heart. She really loves people well. And so I would have to tell her not to lose that because she is going to do amazing things with her heart mm-hmm. someday. And um, my oldest son, so much I could tell Dalton. I'll be advice for him. <laughs> Um, I would probably just tell him to never stop being generous. He is mm-hmm. really generous with his time and his resources. He worked, he's been working since he was 16. Uh, he's just like to the point where I'm like, stop giving all your stuff away, <laughs> but I love it. I love that. He's so generous. So I would, I, that would be my wisdom for him, but I just think it's different for all the kids and it's different for what they're going through right now. Like right now, my oldest daughter really needs to hear that she needs to slow down and, um, pursue her interests. And so I think it, it might change um, depending on what they're going through or how old they are, but it's different for everyone. I think mine would probably be to get outside, always get outside. If you are upset, go outside. If you're sad, go outside. If you're happy, go outside, go exploring, see the world, actually see the world and not just the little bubble that you live in. Like go out and see the actual world, explore around, be out in nature. Because the only thing that makes me feel good at the end of the day is being outside. And every time I'm upset or I have a problem or I need to just clear my head, that's where I go. So I think that that's probably my best piece of advice is just 
If you need to solve something, go outside or and to a sit or to a coffee shop and <laughs> solve it. <laughs> like, I have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> Both. It's our favorite place. Yeah. And it, anybody that knows us knows that we are like, that's, there's always coffee in our cup. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, that is a great way to end it. So where can our listeners find you? We're on Facebook and Instagram and in the woods. In the woods. <laughs> in the woods in Northern Texas. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amber and Madeline, for joining us today. This was very encouraging and inspirational to hear two moms have this passion for their kids and then wanting to open it up to the community no matter what was going to happen and you're still driving it as it's growing and then your your vision that's amazing so i wish you guys the best with that too but thank you so much for coming on today and sharing that with us thank you all right well you guys take care (laughs) thanks you too we want to thank amber and madeline for joining us today their mission to connect kids to nature and helping families remove obstacles is inspiring We also want to thank all of you for joining us around the campfire today, as well as those of you who continue to join us each and every week faithfully. If you have been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to follow us on your podcast app and write a review. We would also love for you to connect with us on social media, such as Facebook or Instagram, or just send us an email, say hi, let us know how we can help you or how we are helping you. We hope you guys have an amazing week. And as always, let's light a fire they can't put out.